What it is, what it is. This is W-A-Y-T, What Are Your Thoughts Podcast. Coming live and direct from Pennsylvania. Your boy Charles Edward, we're going to get right into it. Today in hip-hop history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me move this out the way. Do, do, do. Today in hip hop history, Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, oh, oh. Today in hip hop history, Snoop Dogg released his debut album, Doggy Style, November 23rd, 1993. And um, I'll just say this for the people, the, the younger generation that, that wasn't born yet. When Snoop Dogg dropped this album, he was the biggest MC on the planet. There was nobody bigger than him at, at that point in history, in hip hop history. It's a classic album. There's a few vulgar moments on the album, not gonna lie, but it um, it's possibly one of the biggest debuts in hip hop history. At one point, it held the title for the biggest debut in hip-hop history. It's an incredible body of work, and to this day, it's one of the best albums he ever released. Moving along, today in hip-hop history, the Diplomats released their second album, Diplomatic Immunity 2, November 23rd, 2004. Diplomatic Immunity. What can I say? This album, it was... It was cool. I think the first diplac- diplomatic immunity can be considered can be considered a classic, and it's mainly because the samples. Like, um, I can't remember the producers if their name was Hitmakers or Keymakers. I'm probably saying the name all wrong, but there there was a few different producers that worked on that first project that like. Man, they they sampled some incredible records and flipped it. On the second project, it was still it was still a, a great album. It just didn't have as many standout cuts as the first Diplomatic Immunity. <clears throat> Nasty Nasta Esco Nas Escobar Nasty is Nostradamus. Nas released his fourth album, Nostradamus, November twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. Um, considered by a lot of people as his worst album. Actually, actually, um, this album had, had a lot of great records on it, but um, just in comparison to his better records, it falls short as as far as production goes. Definitely compared to his latest album, King's Disease Three, it's not. It's nowhere near as potent as memorable as good flow wise but this is still better than a lot of albums that people dropped that year but there was a there was a lot of people that dropped great albums that year this was unfortunately probably one of the only blemishes in Nas well maybe two maybe this in the lost tapes too that someone could argue like, ah, those those two albums weren't all that great, but it still had a lot of great songs on it. Um, I believe um, 
See, I could be wrong. I don't want to say the record would what what Puff was on this album. It might have been the album that came before it. That you can hate me now. I'm gonna have to look that up and see if if y'all know what what the best records were on this album. Let me know because I only can remember the the main title track one. <clears throat> okay. Also today in hip hop history, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien released his second album. No Need for Alarm, November 23rd, 1993. I can honestly say I have never heard his music. Like I've heard of him before, but I've never heard of heard his music. So anybody paying attention to this podcast, put me up on, on Del the Funky Homo Sapien and what you think his best song is. Because I'd like to know. All right, moving right along. All right, moving right along. I'm on LinkedIn right now. We're going to talk about this article because there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on that suggests that we're already in a recession or possibly depression. HP will lay off up to 6,000 workers uh, by Sandra Latham, editor at LinkedIn News. HP says it will eliminate 4,000 to 6,000 jobs, roughly 12% of its workforce through the end of 2025, the latest in a wave of layoffs that has hit the tech industry. The computer maker pro projects that the cuts will save an annualized U.S. $1.4 in that time period. Executives say a pullback in demand for personal computers continues to pressure HP's bottom line, and they aren't optimistic. That will change in 2023. HP's expects earnings of $3.20 to $3.60 a share in the fiscal 2023. Well below analyst expectations of the $3.62 per share. Quarterly revenue sagged 11.2%. HP says HP rival Dell reported a 6% drop in quarterly revenue Monday. A large round off layoffs targeted 7,000 to 9,000 HP workers. And that was in 2019. So roughly 4,000 to 6,000 jobs from now to the end of 2025 will be cut. And, and this is something that's going to, it's going to keep going on. I mean, some companies, their products aren't necessarily everyday purchases. Like people don't purchase computers every single day. Like once you have a computer, you're usually good. Maybe five, to seven years, especially if you buy a decent computer straight out the gate. So uh, unfortunately, with these tech layoffs, there's going to be more competition in the tech industry for remote jobs, for freelance um, tech jobs, full stack developer jobs, customer success manager jobs. And um, it's going to get tight. I mean, I've applied, I, I remember applying for a tech job on Indeed and the first day I applied for it, there was roughly 300 applicants. I, I came back to this job maybe five days later 
and it was at 15,000 applicants. So um, just know if you're looking for a job right now and it's tech related, it's going to take a little bit longer to actually obtain a job than normally it would because people are making cuts. But other sectors are still jobs where, where it's anything related to needs. There's work, you know, like if it's related to um, distribution pertaining to food, there's work. You know what I mean? Distribution pertaining to healthcare, there's work. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to distribution and logistics, America has an issue uh, as, uh, as far as supply and demand when it comes to its oil supply. Um, and that's probably going to factor in really soon as far as truck drivers. Like, I, I don't know if there's any truck drivers watching this. How has it affected your job right now? Um, as far as gas prices, and I'm talking to the independent truck drivers, the owner operators, like, um, has it really affected your spending already? Like, have you had to adjust in any, any type of way? Have you had to do side gigs in order to compensate for the amount of gas? Um, I'd like to know moving right along, but we're going to stick with, um, LinkedIn for a little bit. Thanksgiving travel is back in a big way. If you're reading this at a packed airport or gas station, you are far from alone. About 55 million Americans are expected to travel this Thanksgiving. AAA reports, which would make it the third busiest Thanksgiving travel weekend on record. That means crowds, of course, and possibly delays, especially for air travelers, the Transportation Security Administration expects up to 2.5 million travelers to pass through checkpoints on both Wednesday and Sunday. Airlines, many still reeling from the staff and plane shortages, say they are prepared for the onslaught. Air travelers who didn't plan ahead are paying dearly. Last minute fares are 30% pricier than last year, according to travel app Hopper. Hitting the road, the national average for a gallon of gas is $3.61 up from $3.40 last year. Still, it's a big drop from June's pink peak, sorry, a painful $5.02 a gallon. Um, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm against traveling, but I, I think for me, when there's so many people trying to travel in these airplanes don't these uh airports are understaffed the airplanes are understaffed like it's a recipe for disaster so the people that are traveling hopefully you planned like like way ahead and hopefully everything is going smooth for you and there's no crazy delays and everything goes off without a hitch um, for the people that went last minute. Y'all are funny, 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 funny. Uh, this article was by uh, Sandra Latham, the editor at LinkedIn News. I'm probably going to read one more article before we get into more hip hop. Let's see. 
All right, this one's interesting. Disney sued by YouTube subscribers by Harry Sinclair, editor at LinkedIn News. <clears throat> the Walt Disney Company has been handed a class action antitrust lawsuit, which claims the company's operation of Hulu and ESPN is anti-competitive. The lawsuit filed by YouTube TV subscribers in California alleges that Disney has led market-wide price inflation by negotiating deals that bump up the price of its offerings. In particular, it cites the company's contracts with live TV competitors, which compels them to carry the Disney-operated ESPN in their cheapest bundles. The suit was filed prior to the shock return of former Disney CEO Bob Iger. I mean, it's Disney. What, what do you expect? Disney always does what they need to do in order to turn a freaking profit. And they have always like overcharged. You ever go to one of those Disney on ice specials? Like they'll, they'll charge you like $15 for like a 20 ounce soda. Man, but they, but people will, they'll shell out the cash for it because it's Disney and Disney is associated with fun and good times. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't know about that. Moving right along, we're, we're going to get into all hip hop and see what's going on currently in the hip hop world. But before I do that, I just wanted to say, okay, I wanted to get into the, to this before uh, moving on to all hip hop and seeing what's going on in the hip hop world. Uh, Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger from the Power Rangers, also the White Ranger from the Power Rangers, unfortunately committed suicide roughly three days ago um, at the age of 49. He definitely will be missed. Um, if you grew up in the 90s, then you know about the Power Rangers. Like the Green Ranger, he was bad at one point, and then he became the White Ranger and became a good guy, basically. But, um, yeah, he, he just wasn't a Power Ranger. He also, like, he was into martial arts, MMA. But, uh, unfortunately, um, he took his own life. And anybody that's watching this, um, that's going through a lot right now, make sure you you reach out to a friend or family member, or if you feel like you can't talk to those people, the suicide hotline, reach out to them and get some help. Mental health is important. And um, I know the last couple of years for a lot of people have been very challenging. So you have to, prioritize your peace and well-being over everything else. Jason David Frank, aka the Green Ranger, rest in peace. All right. Now if you know anything about music, especially in the hip-hop industry, ghostwriters are used a lot. The difference between a ghostwriter and a songwriter is a ghostwriter gets paid and then they don't necessarily get credit under the credits. If you look up the song, you're not going to see their name more than likely. 
as far as a songwriter, you will see their name. They will get a percentage of the song, but a ghostwriter is basically work for hire. And I know that from experience because I've ghostwritten for people. All right. So <laughs> Koi Ray needs you to listen to her words as she explains the Lotto song leak. Ghostwriting is a normal thing. And yet folks still want the credit for being creative. They don't want to admit that they had help. And they want it to seem like they are a genius or something. Well, earlier this week, Lotto had an epic leak of 130 songs, demos, and reference tracks. That's a lot. In the process, a lot of familiar songs we heard in Coyla Ray and Bia were among them. It made them look crazy, especially when people are doing interviews about their creative process. Uh, so it's time for the explaining to happen. See, here's my thing. Cause I, from experience, I've ghostwritten for somebody. Uh, I mean, I got paid, but I didn't like the experience because the person wasn't really passionate about music. So it, it just, it didn't really feel right. But in this case, it's crazy that a person has a ghostwriter and they have the nerve to talk about their creative process. Like what creative process that person came up with the idea. They wrote it. They recorded how you should wrap it or sing it. The cadence you should use. All you did was copy and paste. So I don't, I'm not dissing her. I'm not saying she's not talented, but I'm saying if all you're going to do is copy and paste like that as basically like, this ghostwriter was your artificial intelligence. <laughs> like you couldn't come up with anything creative on your own. I'm really trying not to laugh at this, but if they, if they're really talking about their creative process and having ghostwriters, it's kind of like what creative process that you got some money, you paid somebody with talent and the, the real talent is off to the side. And, um, that image or whatever they're that they're portraying is what's making money from these songs, I guess. Uh, well, what else did she say? She said this on her live, uh, Coyle Ray. Um, it's unfortunate what happened to Lotto. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's effed up. It's foolish. There's a lot of hard work that a lot of people put into the music, not only the artists, but the producers and for people to go and leak something, as precious to somebody is corny, but I'm here to speak for myself. And I do want to give a little education real quick. My whole album, I mean, every single feature written by me. So I know my pen game is super amazing. This does not discredit none of these icons, talents, and pen game. There would be no game without writers. Now, when it comes to rap, I also understand that as well, but I do melodies. I'm melodic. I'm not sitting here trying to rap battle nobody. You see my freestyles. I'm not the best thinker. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not the best thinker when it comes to freestyles, but when it comes to me taking my time and writing a song, I'm amazing. You think if Young Thug wrote me a song, I couldn't recut it? I'm going to recut the whole song. And I'm going to do it the best way I can. It's my song, so I could change something if I wanted to. That's just how music is created. And y'all need to understand that. A lot of y'all are ignorant and need to grow up. It's not a funny situation. <laughs>
It is a funny situation. What makes it funny is talking about the creative process when someone else is writing for you. That is the actual funny part because you're, you're pulling a Thomas Edison. You didn't come up with that light bulb. You paid somebody, they made the light bulb and you're taking credit for the light bulb. You didn't come up with that record. You paid somebody, they created the record and you're saying it was part of your creative process. Ah, now, okay. Bia said she has writing credits. I, I mean, cool. Like, but I find it weird. Like this wasn't an issue back in the day, even though there was ghost writing, like everybody knows that sugar Hill gang. If, if you know hip hop, you know, that sugar Hill gang did not write. Um, ah, this is terrible. I can't even think of the song. Hip hop. Hip to the hop and you don't stop. Rock on, baby. Boy, to the boogity bang bang. The boogie to the boogity bee. Rapper's delight. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. But um, yeah, it um that had ghostwriters. Period. And no one really got up in arms about that. But I think the difference is with some of the, these people that are out today is like, they, they act like they're the talent. That That's why it's kind of confusing. Like, I mean, with certain singers, you know, they have songwriters and no one looks at them different because you can look at the, the linear notes and see, okay, this person wrote this song. There's a very small percentage of people that are actually singer songwriters. Not everyone that sings writes their own songs and that that's known, but in hip hop is kind of different because if you don't write your own stuff and most people are usually rapping about what they've been through, sometimes it's exaggerated, but for the most part, it it's supposed to come from a somewhat authentic place. So if you're paying a ghostwriter, you're paying someone else to be authentic for you. And that that's, ah, I don't know, but, um, okay. So Lotto, what's she write? She put all post them. My goddamn self. They all tell you, I write too. I heard a few of your references before they came out too. You forgot. We all collab with the same writers differences. I don't deny it. The world's seen me writing since 16 on national TV. Uh, I, okay. So from what I know, she does write, but I, I didn't hear any of the leaks. So that kind of changes the narrative. Cause from what, what I've seen, she writes almost all her stuff, majority of her stuff. And that kind of separated her from other female rappers. But if this leak shows that there's reference tracks for her, then that's kind of, uh, it's not a good look. I'm going to see if there's anything else interesting on all hip hop. See, this is why I probably stopped coming to the site because it's all just, just looking at some of the titles, it's all just rumors and stuff. And look, and you, just going through this site, you can tell why there's so many um, people that don't respect hip hop as an art form. Cause this is all like high school teenager stuff. I mean, 
If I come across something interesting, Meek Mills defends saying Thanksgiving is fake. Okay, I'll read the Ice Cube one if that'll actually load up. All right, Ice Cube confirms losing $9 million to a Hollywood movie over COVID jab. Ice Cube corroborated reports that he turned down $9 million to appear in Oh Hell No over his refusal to have the COVID-19 vaccine. Ice Cube claims his decision to forego the COVID-19 vaccine cost him a fortune, missing out on $9 million the $9 million film. The West Coast icon was slated to appear in a Jack Black comedy film, Oh Hell No, but in October 2021, reports surfaced claiming Ice Cube was dropped from the cast. The film was shot in Hawaii, and Sony reportedly required all cast members to be vaccinated before participating in the shoot. During an interview, Ice Cube confirmed reports at the time that suggested he backed out of the film over his refusal to take the vaccine. He confirmed rejecting the movie because I didn't want to get that mother <laughs> mother effing jab. I turned down nine million. Ice Cube told Gilly and Wallow on the million dollars worth of game podcast. I didn't want to get that jab. F that jab. F y'all for trying to make me get it. However, Ice Cube says he didn't turn down the film before clarifying those mother effers didn't give it to me because I wouldn't get the shot. I didn't turn it down. Furthermore, Ice Cube said he felt he didn't need the vaccine pointing to his never contracting coronavirus during the pandemic. They just wouldn't give it to me. Cube continued referring to the movie, the COVID shot, the jab. I didn't need it. I didn't catch that. <laughs> stuff at all nothing f them i don't need that stuff nonetheless ice cube is unsure how hollywood will react to his decision not to take the covid vaccine i don't know how hollywood feels about me right now before adding that's hollywood though they're on some shit stuff but me too i'm on some stuff too i mean it's not just hollywood probably about a month and a half ago, I applied for a job and I got a call. Um, and they asked me if I was willing to take the COVID jab. And I said, no. And it's like, and they were trying to, oh, is it religious reasons or no, I just don't want to take it. And it sucks because it feels like they, they forced a lot of, well, not forced, but a lot of people took it because they felt like they didn't have a choice. But there's always strength in numbers. If what what would they have done if everybody said, "Nah, we ain't taking that jab"? If everybody would have said, "No, we're not taking that jab," what what would they have done? <laughs> they, they eventually would have needed money to flow somehow, some way. They would have had people come back to work, and they're getting the. I really don't want to talk about COVID. I've been trying to avoid bringing COVID up in uh, the podcast anymore, but um, there's been people that have taken that shot and got sick. Hopefully, um, hopefully YouTube doesn't block this video for me saying these things because I, I'm not trying to promote any false information, but it's true. There's people that have gotten sick after taking that jab. And, um,
Speaking from experience, I got sick. I got very sick and then my body got over it. Like y'all really let a flu scare you. It's crazy. All right, let, let's see if there's any other articles on allhiphop.com. I don't think so. Like, we'll, we'll see if there's anything else. All right. Okay, famous rappers. Famous rappers get back for Thanksgiving, even from prison. Top rappers like 50 Cent, T.I. and Fetty Wap reinvested into the local communities they serve by hosting turkey giveaways to those in need. Many of hip hop's biggest stars have been giving back during this holiday season, spreading love to those in need. Fetty Wap, a New Jersey native, hosted his giveaway on Tuesday, November 22nd in Patterson, New Jersey, providing community with bags full of must-haves for traditional Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to keep reading, but I'm going to say the interesting thing about that is, as far as I know, Fetty Wap is uh, he's in jail for like a very long time. So I don't know how he pulled that one off. Maybe some some of his friends helped him pull that off. <clears throat> the Trap Queen artist partnered with colleges, a chief school led by Dr. Jamar Mills to help about 500 family members. Fetty Wap was not in attendance because he currently is in prison for dealing kilos of cocaine, but his family members came out in proxy. Okay, that explains why. On the same day, T.I. hosted his 17th annual turkey giveaway to hundreds in Northwest Atlanta. A charitable effort did more than give away birds, but also provided bags of meal essentials. I can't say how much this event means because I know now people in this area deserve to have a happy holiday. They deserve to eat with their families and be at peace just like everyone else does. So whatever we can do to provide that for them, it brings me, my wife, my children the utmost honor. Queens native and news and new Houston transplant 50 cent hooked up with the Houston Rockets Clutch City Foundation to help the under underserved and vulnerable through his G unity foundation. The meal included a Turkey and food items donated by the G unity foundation Kroger and specs in total fifth blessed a thousand people. In addition to the food guests received a ticket voucher to an upcoming rockets home game. While not a rapper, Usher, another Atlanta hero, hosted a holiday give back on Wednesday, November 23rd at the Freedom Village Family Service Center in Sandy Springs, GA, Georgia. I, I think that's enough for hip hop news. I mean, I feel like my um like my brain cells are being depleted right now. Um the Thanksgiving that was actually some some positive stuff, but everything else on the site, uh, almost all of it is negative. I think the only positive thing is the new Nas album that came out. Everything else is kind of just rumors and who said what about the other person. 
So we'll move on from this site and see if I can find some other interesting articles that are more uplifting. Okay. I managed to find some good, good news kind of sort of via the good news network.org. I'll have to check the site out a little more just, um, see what they have on here, but I think this is very, very interesting. So scientists have used mushrooms to make biodegradable computer chip parts. That's crazy. The skin off the legs of a mushroom could potentially offer a sustainable alternative to insulative substrates and computing chips. As production of electronic devices continue to increase, scientists are looking to insert a bit of nature and biodegradability into common components like the microchip. And believe it or not, peeling the skin off the, I'm going to try to say this word, mycelium of a mushroom can protect chips from heat up to 392 degrees Fahrenheit or 200 degrees Celsius. I did not know that. Once it's dried out, scientists working on the projects from Johannes Kepler University in Austria found that it's not only heat resistant, but will last for years and can withstand being bent and folded thousands of times without wearing or tearing. The particular species of fungus is the Ganodermia lucidium, which grows on dead rotting wood in European mountains. As it reaches maturity, it creates a, a it creates a fibrous skin to protect its own substrate, the wood in this case, which if peeled off can instead protect microchips. The substrate under a computing chip tends to be made with unrecyclable material like non-reusable plastic. The authors point out that the increase in the proliferation of electronics in modern times has not been paired with an increase in their lifespan and throwing them away is much more economical for users than replacing individual parts. The vast number of devices produced every day along with the decrease of their lifetime inevitability results in the generation of enormous amounts of electronic waste. The authors write in their paper published in science advances. Excuse me. More mushroom news. Processors and tech wearables like Fitbits could be replaced using mushroom mycelium. Circular economy and recycling concepts alone cannot solve the growing waste crisis. Electronic research and especially electronic materials research thus must shift its focus from strictly high functionality concepts to sustainable cost-effective approaches. The mycelium skin, which protects the mushroom from the ingress of bacteria, breaks down in a normal compost pile, compost pile even after being dried in just about 10 days. According to the researchers, the skin is slightly less in- insulative, excuse me, than plastic, but can still withstand high temperatures even at the same thickness as paper. Furthermore, it can be grown from the loads of cast off wood from lumber production. At the moment, the team believe their mycelium could excel in products that don't require a long lasting electrical circuit, such as a wearable health monitors and near field communication tags for electronic devices. However, more development time and work is needed. This is great. 
but it'll eventually get rid of a lot of uh, electronic waste. Who would have thought they would be able to use mushroom skin to regulate the the heat of an electronic uh, computer chip? I thought that was interesting. There's a lot of words in there that I um have never read before in my life, so I'm gonna have to look some of those up to get a better understanding of those. But I just thought I'd bring that to your attention because I don't want this to always just be about hip hop because, you know, hip hop is great, but sometimes it's like a same circle rapper beefs with another rapper, then rapper dies. We born rapper and then another rapper comes out and the same thing happens. And I really hate to say it like that, but if you've been paying attention in the last five years, I mean, that's what it feels like it's been. So I'm just trying to inject a little more positivity into the podcast despite the negative times, because we all need to hear a little more positive and just be uplifted from time to time. I know I do, and I'm pretty sure whoever's listening to this or watching this, you probably do need to as well. That concludes the podcast for tonight. Um, I'm going to get back in the swing of doing it every day. I, I just, I haven't really been feeling it lately. I've been paying attention to these YouTube videos and oh man, all of it is doom and gloom. Whatever happened to hope? Signing off, Charles Edward, W A Y T. What are your thoughts?